Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Bristol Motor Speedway. The place where you can forget about work for a while. Celebrate the good old USA. And take in the best bumper-banging, fist-waving, hero-making short track race of the year. The Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race. It's America's Night Race. This is what you live for. So be there, August 18th. It ain't just another race. It's Bristol, baby. Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. Good evening from Dagan Nation. I'm Tim Despain. Uh, Stephen Woodson has the night off. Joining us shortly, we've got my good friend uh, from the, the sister network there. Uh, Mr. Radden Maglite's going to be joining us, but at this time, I want to go ahead and bring on the Reverend, Mr. Reverend Joe, the official Reverend of the Pit Stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. Reverend, how you doing tonight, brother? Not bad. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, uh want to ask you to put Stephen in... in in your prayers, if you don't mind, he's got a bad case of the bronchitis, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's uh, listening. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure he, pretty sure he, he would appreciate everything the way he, way he was telling me when I've been texting him. He said this is worst, worst sickness he's had in a long time. Yeah, that's tough stuff. We'll definitely be keeping him in our prayers. So where's the yes, man today? Uh, she should be in there. Uh, I see her online. <laughs> She's in the studio. I know why. She, she's, she's supposed to be the boss lady over all this stuff. You know it, Joe? Well, I know why she didn't answer the phone. Because I'm ticked off at Motorville Department today, so she's hiding. Uh-oh. Yeah, she might be hiding. Yeah, because she is part of the DMV, <laughs> correct? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong state, but still. Uh, That's right. But they've been driving Miss Betty crazy. Trying to get her California license. I can imagine. Well, you know how it is out there, Reverend. You know, you was over here on the East Coast for years and years, and you ended up going out there. Yeah, but you know what? Here, Connecticut, New York, Washington State, they're all flaky liberals. What can I tell you? I heard heard that. We'll leave it at that, won't we, Reverend? Well, let me get this party started for you so you can get to work. Yes, sir. Crank it up, Rev. All right, Lord, we come before you and 
first off, we left Stephen before you and ask you, please, ease his suffering, ease his pain, heal him quickly and completely, and get him back to us. And be with his family. Let's put up with this while he's sick and help them all. I'd like to ask you to be with all of our racing friends and family. We know there's been some people who have lost a lot of relatives in the last couple of months who are involved with auto racing, not through accidents or such, but illnesses and old age. You know, a lot of them are getting like me, Lord, real old. So please, watch over all of them. Be with all of our racers all over the world. Be with all of our soldiers and everyone who wears a uniform to help us by running toward what we're running away from. So be with them all. Be with us. And we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sons so that we wouldn't have to pay the price. All we have to do is believe. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Awesome, as always. Let everybody know if they can follow you on social media, your uh, website, on trackwithjesus.org. I'm getting that right now. And just to let everybody know, Reverend Joe uh, did an awesome little bit of Twitter show, and i gotta, I got to get with him and assist him on Twitter. He's on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and our But let everybody know what you got going, Reverend, and if you're attending any any uh, NASCAR home tracks this weekend, next week or something, just let everybody know what else is going on out there, brother. On trackwithjesus.org is the website, as Tim said. Uh, on trackwithjesus at AOL.com is my email address. My phone number is 951-232-7630. You can call me. You can text me on that number. Uh, not a problem. Follow me on Facebook where I post scripture every day to make it a little easier to get your scripture reading in the morning or a little later, depending on your time zone. But that's under Rev Joe Bubbaco on Facebook. Twitter, I got a Twitter handle, but I think Tim's the only one knows what it is. Anyway, (laughs) we ask you, Lord, to bless us all and be with us. We thank you, guys. You're welcome. And Reverend Joe, one question before I let you go, if that's okay, please. Uh, You mentioned, you know, your uh, cell phone number. And you mentioned, just like yep. you said in the said in the prayer earlier, you know, uh, talking about you being old, but you always told me you're only as old as you feel, Reverend. But are you one of them, oh, I'm not going to say, oh, are you one of them older gentlemen that still has a flip phone? No. Heck no. I always have the latest <laughs> thing generally, so that, 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 I don't do flip phones. I don't, I don't <laughs> mentally feel like I'm that old, but boy. My body's just giving, giving me nothing but grief. And as far as where I'm going to be this weekend, uh, uh, with a little bit of God's help, I'll be at Orange Show Speedway in San Bernardino where they've got a big night of racing. The only thing is we've been over 100 degrees every day for the last couple of weeks um, and actually had a bit of humidity, uh, more so than, than you know we usually have here. And it's supposed to cool off for Saturday. And I pray it does. Doesn't have to get cold, but boy, that heat can kick you really quick. Yes, sir. It sure can, Reverend. And again, thank you very much for coming on uh, every week, doing our uh, our prayer and everything. Tim, it's Betty. We said hello, and y'all be careful going out to Orangeville Speedway 
uh, this weekend, my friend. And we will talk to you next Tuesday evening live here for the Dagan Nation. Absolutely. God bless you guys. Take care. God bless you too, Reverend. We'll see you, brother. My good friend there, Reverend Joe, out there on the West Coast. And now I want to bring in my good friend from Rowdy Maglite Racing. Uh, he's filling in for Stephen Wilson tonight. Like I mentioned earlier, Stephen's a little bit under the weather with the bronchitis. Let's bring in my good friend, Rowdy Maglite. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Good evening, Ruddy. How you doing tonight, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. This this call, Tim, uh, Steve, Tim, this call, Steve, and play that for him, and that's got to make him feel better. It makes me so good every time I hear it. Thank you, brother. It's it's either gonna make him feel better or make him throw some blankety blank blank blanks on my on my on my text on my phone. One of the two. I but, know I know A M probably I know A M probably saying, God, I hope this man get better quick, because you know how he is. Steve's about like me. Whenever I get sick, I ain't worth killing. Stand that when I say I'm sick, I'm sick. But thanks for letting me come on tonight. Looking forward to having your guest, Garrett, come out calling in, and uh, I'm ready. Hey, it's Tuesday night, and I'm ready to get rowdy. Thank you very much, Rowdy. Again, thank you for co-hosting that while Steven's under the under the weather. The number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain alongside of Rowdy Maglite, RowdyMaglite.com, and the Rowdy Maglite Racing Show. And, um, Rowdy, we had some breaking news come out of NASCAR. NASCAR sent out their penalty report from New Hampshire Motor Speedway, so let's see what happens. NASCAR got the, in the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series, got the number 24, William Byron, on a level safety penalty, sections 10.9.10.4, tires and wheels. Lug nuts not properly installed. We can talk about that forever, right? But just to let you know, Crew Chief Darren Grubb has been fined $10,000. In the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the number 42 team, Joe Hunter Nemechek at New Hampshire, also. Sections 20.17.3.2.1.2. I'm going to go into all that because it's uh, – Post-race front body inspection heights. Uh, they got crew chief Mike Shiplett. Find him $10,000 and suspended for the next NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship points event. The team has been assessed with the loss of 10 driver points and 10 owner points. And to continue on down, uh, just to remind y'all, that was a level one penalty there on the number 42 team and also the number 18 team of Ryan Priest there at Joe Gibbs Racing. They got them with the post-qualifying and post-race front body inspection heights. Also, they got crew chief Eric Phillips. Find him for $10,000, suspended for from the next NASCAR Experience Series Championship points event. Team has been assessed with loss of 10 driver points and 10 owner points. And one more to go down to my good friend David Starr. He hadn't been on this penalty sheet, I don't think, in a long time. Got the number 52 of David Starr on a safety penalty. The tires and lug nut deal there, too. Crew chief Timothy Brown has been fined $5,000. Right, we've been seeing a lot since. Uh, Tony Stewart mentioned something years ago about these lug nuts and stuff, about it being a safety issue. Whenever he mentioned that, I think NASCAR is just, uh, if you want to mention safety, and if they find it, they're going to go ahead and throw it on you. But 
I don't tell you, Tim, I was just reading that off, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this year has been, seems like way overboard on penalties to me. Now, whether it's justified is another thing, that's NASCAR's call, but I'm like you. You know, it just enlightened them and opened their eyes up. Hey, maybe we ought to be checking this a little closer. And Tim, is is it another thing? You know, you're seeing these cars coming out. These guys are fighting to make qualifying. And is is the lasers so fine-tuned, better? Is it, it must be closer to being exactly than the templates. You're exactly right, Rowdy. And Stephen and I, I think last week or one week before, uh, Jerry Jordan at Kicking the Tires, he uh, he come out with a, a statement talking about the OSS system. Uh, and I don't know if you got to hear everything, but Stephen and I spoke about it last week. Some of the teams have figured out how to manipulate the OSS, to, just to sort of let you know. Uh, there is what they call a, uh, a lower-density test that they run through the OSS, through the laser, through the laser system, and it's a high-density test. The low density is for a lighter colored car, and the high density is for like a dark black car, like you would say the number 78 furniture road uh, camera there of Martin Truex Jr. And they have manip- they have figured out how to manipulate, and the way Jerry had talked about it, around the, around the wheel wells. I don't know if you remember that race. There was a lot of cars. The paint scheme had been sort of changed to go to a dark color around your bumpers. Wherever you would have an arrow, an arrow advantage, in my opinion, and with the car being a light colored, they got that low density test. So that's just to throw that out there. And you can't blame a crew chief. You can't blame none of them. They're just doing their job, like you and I have talked about all the time. Uh, right there, they're. It, I don't. I don't call it cheat. Steve don't call it cheat neither. I call it pushing the envelope, doing your job as a crew chief, but just sort of answer your question a little bit about that that's sort of what the teams are trying to get away from the oss but that oss is ron divine we've had ron divine for bk racing on multiple times he calls it the disco room you know because you can go to you can go to youtube the nascar channel you uh, the fans can actually see and watch a uh a live camera inside the oss system and just to watch that go around that it's just it's just something to see right Oh, it's the dark room. You know, I, I didn't realize it till this past, you know, when they uh, started using what exactly what it was, what was going on. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's a, so they can see the lasers. But I, that's, it's got to be truer than the uh, templates, I would say. I mean, yeah, all these guys are having trouble making the fields on time. I would too, Rowdy. And just sort of ask you uh, somewhat of a question too. You know, you're 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 all in the all in the the ARCA racing series. Are you and Mark and Jeff? Y'all know everything there is there is to know. ARCA are they still using templates or, or have you heard if they're going to try to go to sort of like a digital OSS system? I think they are still using templates, correct? We we still are. Of course, we had uh, uh, at Daytona they come out with the new ones for the composite bodies. You know, they have one solid piece that checks the front. And then it's just an array of pieces that they set a centerpiece up and, and set templates in between the hood and all and stack them in pieces. When it's done, then when they finish, you unpull those pieces off. like It's a skeleton built around the race car. It's completely different from the old, old thing they used to have. But I'm sure 
You know, NASCAR's taking over in 2020. I'm sure that that's going to be. But they've already come out to ways how to manipulate that composite pile. They've already exactly. uh, just... now they've got a gauge that they they didn't Tim they didn't have a gauge. I don't think it. I know they didn't have this gauge at Daytona, but I believe they come out with it at Talladega that will tell you the thickness of the composite body all the way around. I think they had a oh, so people pushing envelope on, on the thickness of it. They have actually figured out how to make the composite body thicker, right? They've, they've it's just like, you know, the cup guys, The you know, they've stretched it a little farther of the envelope and they've come up with a way to counteract it. Yeah, you know, it was it Junior Johnson said he didn't read the rule book. He, he read in what what when he read the rule book, he read what wasn't in the rule book, and that's where he went to work at. I mean that's exactly. that's what you say. Try to be a winner. Yeah, that's that's exactly why they're out there, and they're out there for their sponsors and and all that too. Also, and Roddy, I want to. Uh, before we wait on our guest, uh, got Garrett Smith to come on here shortly. Uh, again, uh, listeners, some of the call is 215 338 I'm playing alongside of Rowdy com, This past weekend at New Hampshire, uh, Rowdy, I know you uh, watched it, and Steve and I, we talk about the about the track bike, the PJ1 is what they call it. They, they put it down on the lower groove and the upper groove. It sort of left everything else open. Of course, we had a lot of rain up there, too, at uh, – it loud and it sort of washed some off. But with that being a uh, a, a flat track, do you think the PJ one helped as far as what you've seen? I think it did. And do you think NASCAR needs to look at either doing this at a bunch of racetracks, or do you think it's called ma- manipulating the outcome of a race? Well, they, you know, the first time that I think I, this year that ARCA had used it, I'm not completely sure of this, but I know they did use it at Gateway. And uh, Shelton Creed was a winner of that race, and there's two types of that sticky stuff. And uh, Shelton kind of explained the difference between the two. Yeah, I, I think it gives, hey, listen, if anything to keep the cars from coming out from under them, and they can hold traction. Well, we can race green flag racing. I want to see green flag racing to the end. You know, I know everybody gets excited with a with with wrecks, but you know, in the wrecks you lose the fat, some of the fastest cars and some of the best racing. And, and that's the way it usually goes. I, I personally like it. It seems to work better. I, I thought it worked good this weekend. Now, what did the rain do for it on Sunday? Uh, it's a completely different story, I would think, but. I like it personally. I do too, right? I just just want to get your take on it, and to add to your to, to your story there, you know, Loudon up there was a one groove racetrack. You run on the bottom, just like you did at Bristol, and now they also done that at at uh, Bristol. But it sort of made like a two, maybe three groove track to get some side by side racing, and and I just throw that out the manipulating of outcome of a race just to. Just to sort of throw, you know, see what some of our listeners might want to call in and and say about that. But I'm I'm on the same boat with you, Rowdy. I don't want to see a one groove racetrack. I want to see two, three, even four grooves. Well, you know, we got four and five here at Talladega Super Speedway. But I like that multi groove racing. It gives gives the driver opportunity if his car is running running good low, 
He can take that shoulder right around the racetrack. If it's not running that good, he can go up high and still get some grip and get that momentum coming up, exiting the uh, turn, like exiting two and exiting four coming off, right? Yeah. Well, it, if you call it manipulating the, the outlook, hey, everybody's got a race on it. It's nothing special to no one. And I haven't talked to a driver in ARCA that, well, none of the drivers, and in the truck series, we were there, and nobody complained about it, which is a good thing. Right. And, Rowdy, I want to get your take on the Ilmore engine. Uh, ARCA went to that, and it has really saved the teams a lot of money. I know you're in, you're in the garage area, media centers that all these tracks ARCA go to, Arker goes to and everything. How much did this go into the Ilmore motor and that composite body? Uh, I don't want to put you on the on the spot, but did did it save the teams a lot of money because they can get a lot of wear and tear out of that Ilmore motor before they have to break it down and re rebuild it? That's the Arca series, and like I said, the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series has went to that too. And that you know, I think I think that's a good deal. It saves the teams money, and you don't have to tear down your race your race engine every Monday morning and rebuild it. Well, Tim, I tell you, I was a doubting time on that Elmore, but it has out-surpassed everything I thought it would do. Now, do they have it kind of tilted towards Elmore? They may, but uh, the cost factor, you know, in the composite body, let me tell you, people like Venturini uh, Motorsports, MDM, the big guys, they got big time sponsors, and, and and they the transition for them was pretty easy. But you take the Petersons, uh, Brad Smith, uh, yeah, that group down there, the lower well, the Praters. I mean, down to the Praters, you know, they're out for a while and trying to rent their cars out. It took a toll on them because they had a- access to all this equipment over these period of years and had built it up and they were racing it. Well, now they come around and you've got to buy new Elmores and, and composite, go to a composite body. It's been tough transition for those guys. It, it really has. All, I, all we can do is just hope that they can hang on to some of this stuff's kind of wore down a little bit where they can afford it and start buying the, the Elmores used. But now that you've got Hey, I think best thing happened truck series was go to to the uh, Elmores, and it, it's working great for them. It looks like so far. Exactly, right. And while I'm on the Arca kick here, uh, I want to get your take too. You know, uh, Hoosier Tire has been in the Arca Wrestling Series for God, I guess since you and I were little fellas, uh, Rowdy. And now they went to the General Tire. And I don't get to really talk to many people that has been around that. General Tire that the Arca Racing Series has reached out and grabbed hold of now too. Uh, have you talked to any of the teams, drivers, crew members, crew chiefs, what have you? Have you heard any negative stuff about the General Tire? Are they glad they got the General Tire now? Or now, or do you? Or have you heard them say we wish we could go back to the Hoosiers? Does that make any sense? I, never, never has anybody said go back. Uh, General Tire has played a, a, a great positive influence. You know they have a presence uh, at the track when they're uh, when it's the General Tire 200, which has been several races this year already. So, I, and you know, great group of people. Uh, nobody, I tell you what's what's a winning recipe. 
is a caution with about 20 to go and come in and be the only guy with fresh, you're going to the front. And if you go back to look at a lot of these races, some of them are one on that last pit stop when they had the right set of tires to to grab and uh, it pushes them straight up, up the track. Tim, a lot of these tracks are great tracks, but the surface is, and, and Jeff off the show uh, nicknamed it cheese graters. And it just, after the race, you go down into the on the track and around the turns, and they're just covered with all that general tire. So, you know, the key is to go in and get fresh general tires, and it'll, it'll put you in a rocket ship and send you to the front. Exactly right, Rowdy, and just like you and Jeff and Mark would agree, the softer the tire, the more grip you're going to get, unless you're over at, over at the ATL, and it's, the ATL's going to eat it up, brother. Well, we're fortunate enough to be in the pits all the time and be right there, you know, when the heat in the heat of the battle, when, when all that conversation goes on, and hey, listen, nobody's talking negative about it. I mean, we're all here, the only negative part about I hear of any of it. It's just racing's expensive. It's all all about the dollar. It ain't, you know, we've talked about it. You've talked about it. It ain't about, uh, like Humpy Wither always. So we had Humpy on years ago. Great promoter there, retired from Charlotte Motor Speedway. He's always said, what about that kid in the cornfields of Iowa running these dirt tracks every Saturday night? Kicking butt, kicking butt. And then you take another gentleman that has a really good sponsor, and you put them side by side. It's like uh, apples and oranges. That team owner is going to go after the guy that says, I've got this sponsor money. He's going to drag him in. That fits him in there. Just like your Will Kimball, for example. Will, if you're listening, I'm not throwing you on the table. just want to throw it out there. Hell of a damn race car driver. But him and Bill fight for sponsorship, you know, and they're going to go to your, like back in the day, your Eric Joneses, your, which I don't want to use Eric because Eric, he's one that come up through there. But some of your kids that had the sponsorship, these team owners reached out and grabbed them. But, I mean, just what if, right, it's just being facetious or what have you. I don't know where I come up with that word from. I ain't that, I ain't that smart. <laughs> but <laughs> talking, talking about some of these kids around, the country that never get that shot that some of these guys do i mean it's just amazing to actually see what one of these guys like i got the uh or i I had seen on social media my good friend casey roderick he's gonna return to the nascar x finish series this weekend in in uh, iowa he has been in the x finish series before we've had him on the show he's raced a lot of these super late model tracks he's raced at montgomery motor speedway suzanne and i went down there his PR guy, PR guy, PR lady, Renee, uh, that young man works his tail off. And he's finally getting a second chance. And really, some of these kids don't get a second chance, bro. Well, Tim, I tell you, if Dale Earnhardt had to try to get a ride today and this time coming out of Kannapolis, uh, It'd be probably tough. I mean, look at ARCA. We got the ARCA champion from last year, Austin Theriot. I mean, he's he's a total package. He's a good speaker. He's polite. He he to me, he looked like he'd be a sponsor's dream. 
You know, he's he's above and beyond the game, and he's fighting for people in the ARCA series this year. Right. Right. I mean, it's just it's just it's all about the American dollar, brother. That's it. Uh, folks, let's take a little quick break. Uh, Garrett Smithy must have had something come up, but uh, I'm Tim of Spain, alongside of Ratty Maglot, RaddyMaglot.com, Ratty Maglot Racing. Uh, the way the crow flies, I'm just approximately eight miles south of the 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. number to call in is 215 We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back live from Talladega, Alabama. Yeah. 
Bristol Motor Speedway, the place where you can forget about work for a while. Celebrate the good old USA. And take in the best bumper-banging, fist-waving, hero-making short track race of the year. The Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race. It's America's Night Race. This is what you live for. So be there, August 18th. It ain't just another race. It's Bristol, baby. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 grunt-style Chevy Camaro. And listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Spain alongside of Ruddy Maglite from Ruddy Maglite Racing and RuddyMaglite.com. The way the crow flies, I'm approximately eight miles south of the 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. And, Rowdy, uh, I don't know if Garrett's going to make it, but guess what? We got we got one thing better than Garrett. We've got my good friend Scott Reeves, driver of the J.D. Motorsports Hauler for Ross Chastain. Uh, and I know you have a ton of questions. I know I do, too. I hadn't talked to him in a while. He's been on the show a couple of times, a really great friend. So, Rowdy, hold on a minute. Let's, let's bring in my good friend, uh, Mr. Scott Reeves from J.D. Motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Scott Reeves, how you doing tonight, my friend? What's going on, brother? I don't know, brother. Just uh, hanging out down here uh, in Talladega, and my good friend, Rowdy Maglite. He he does a show on our network also, and he joined me tonight. Stevens, uh, I don't know if you had heard. Stevens got the Stevens got the bronchitis. I think he's I think he's Ooh. throwing up. 14, I think he's throwing up 14 lungs and every good he's got. He ain't doing good. But, uh, Rowdy, I know it. But Rowdy, uh, Rowdy agreed to come in and, and uh, help me out because, you know, I can't do it by myself. And Rowdy had listened to uh, Rowdy has listened to you on our show a couple of times, and I'm going to let Rowdy go first. I know Rowdy. Uh, well, I follow Rowdy. I, don't, I know what he's doing out there. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Having, having a great time doing it, too. So uh, you got Pocono this week. You got Pocono this weekend, Scott. But you know, no, I've got I've got Iowa. Oh, that's that's right. You're going to Iowa. It's going to be hot too in Iowa. Man, that corn. (laughs) Last time we were there, it was nasty. It's so hot, the corn's popcorn out there in the field. That is no lie. I believe last time when the race started, it was 108 degrees uh, heat index. The only thing that's been hotter this year is Chicago. But, you know, Scott, people out there in Iowa, they love racing, man. It don't matter what it is, they come to the track. They always bring a crowd, don't they? They have a good time out there. Uh, it's like it's not as, like it used to be where it's a sellout every race, but they still do a good job bringing the people in. It's a heck of a racetrack. It's, it's not going to be long before the Cup Series is up out there. It's too nice a facility for them not to be there. So is it able to hope to do a Cup race? 
Because I've, I've oh, heard different versions, Scott. I mean, some say, no, it's not capable of doing a, a, a cup race, and some says it's well worth going half a cup race there. I don't see why the gate is no different than uh, the way maybe as far as the garage would be. I mean, the trucks and Xfinity go at the same time, and the truck guys work out the back of the truck. That's nothing we're not used to doing as well. Once the, if the cup guys were to have the garage facilities, I think there's plenty of room. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the to seeing Xfinity race uh, this weekend. Oh, I'm looking. We need. We had a bad weekend, so we, we need to rebound. Uh, we, I think we're about 30 points up. You know, for the 12th spot in the chase, when we're trying to hold hold serve here and get to the next six races and uh, get the playoffs going. Scott, in, in, in all the tracks that you go to, can you pinpoint one that's that's your favorite track? Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, my daughter said there's say Bristol. She likes Bristol. <laughs> um, honestly, I like. It's a mix between Daytona and Talladega, just for the pure fact that we have a chance to win there. That's, um, that's my exact answer, too, Scott. It would I'm be not, between I'm not Talladega. In the sport to show up. I'm not in the sport to show up. I'm too competitive to be. I want to win. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I've seen Victory Lane, and I would really love to see it with these guys. Well, hey, what's it like to go – and go through the tunnel of the last great Coliseum. Nerve wracking. <laughs> Have you ever had to ride a hauler into Bristol? No, sir, I hadn't. But I, I would say each. I've seen a special on it. I would say each time was would be a, a completely different experience. I tell you, if you ever in, in in Bristol when we load in, you get a hold of me. I'll take you for a ride into the track. My daughter's made I'm this going. ride one time when I was working in the truck series. And all I can tell you is when you come in, the first time you've ever gone, this was years ago, the first thing to tell you is don't look in the mirror. And, of course, you look in the mirror. And when you get down to the bottom of the hill and you make that left-hand turn, both your tannins are up in the air. <laughs> and you're like, the only thing holding that thing together is the kingpin on the tractor. And I'm just, you know, it's, it's a dang good thing those are American-made. <laughs> Got another question talking about Bristol. What's it like being down in the middle of the Coliseum after a bad wreck when they put that speedy dry down and the jet dryers come around? It gets dirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nothing like the guys to go through at Eldora. Um, but it gets pretty dirty. The thing about Bristol, um, you know, not just race day, but all day long, there's something going all day long, so there's never a break where you get maybe 15 minutes of peace with no noise. It is it is ground out, flat out, running all day long, whether it be, and I think the way they're doing it this year, the trucks usually raced on Wednesday, and they're coming in to actually race on Thursday, and we load in on Thursday, so it's going to be three days of nothing but pure noise and, and adrenaline, so... uh and Bristol's one of the tracks we do fairly well at. Ross loves Bristol. And uh, hopefully with the the equipment we've got, and we got a lot better stuff than we had last year, and hopefully that's going to show when we go. Well, hey, uh, I'm going to hold you to that uh, tunnel ride maybe next year at Bristol. <laughs> hey, you, you got, Tim's got my number. 
you want to go, I will give you the ride on Lifetime. I'm, um, hey, I'm on for it, cowboy it up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all for it, Scott. I sure am. I, I that it's it's it'll be an awesome, awesome, probably a, a thriller of a thriller down in Gardilla. It, it's something because when you go back out the track, it feels like you're in the space shuttle because you're basically just leaning all the way back. And uh, getting out's a little bit less fun than getting in. Well, Scott, I appreciate it. I'm going to throw you back over to Tim there. Looking forward right, to seeing you it, Thanks, th- you thanks too, for following me. Anytime. All right, Bob. Thanks, Rowdy. And, Scott, uh, I know you're the center of attention right now, but I have uh, <laughs> I have some breaking, breaking news coming out. I've got Mr. Ron Devine. He just texted me, and uh, I'm pretty sure he wants to talk about some stuff. Uh, but stay on here. I want to get my... My boss man's uh, he's he's got some big news and I just got to bring him on. So Scott, uh, hey, just stay here with me. I want to I want to bring my good friend, owner of BK Racing in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series into the pit stop with him to Spain and Scott Reese. Gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Mr. Ron Devine, owner of BK Racing, how you doing tonight, bud? Good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. Just want to let you know we've got my good friend, uh, Rowdy Maglite. Uh, Rowdy Maglite Racing uh, does a show on our network. Also, I've got my good friend, Scott Revis, hauler driver for Ross Chastain, J.D. Motorsports, and the NASCAR Series. And I understand okay. you got some breaking news. Well, I don't know if I have breaking news. I told you I'd text you when we got done today, but uh, we basically continued it till uh, Thursday. We're getting back together down there to finish it up. So I, I really don't know that I had breaking news. I just I didn't know if you wanted me to come on or not. But the uh, I do want to say something about that. I heard you talking about driving those uh, tractor trailers down in uh, Bristol. I think you were talking about. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that, and uh, uh, I'll tell you what. First off, the parade is really cool at Bristol. It's one of the best parades, the parade route, and the people come out in, you know, I don't know how many thousands of people are are lined the streets to to, uh, to get you into the track. That's the first thing that's an experience. And then when you come through that tunnel under the grandstands and go down that track, these guys make a left-hand turn. The creaking and cracking and sliding and beaking and banging. I don't know how they do it. I'll tell you what. I, they, those are the greatest truck drivers on the planet, to be able to go down that track and make that left turn and not wad them up. I swear they're sliding the whole time. And uh, and then, like you said, coming out, you feel like you're in a spaceship. You're looking straight up. And uh, it's quite an experience. I, I The first time I did it, I, I actually 
didn't see it. I think I had my eyes closed, so I did it again just so I could just so I could get the full feel of how you know laid over those trucks are. And it's really amazing they get them in and out like they do. My my hats off to those guys. They're you know they're a special breed. They work real hard, and you know they're the un, unsung heroes in our sport. And I uh, I really have a lot of respect for them. I love riding with them. Every chance I get, I do it. And uh, and so I just I would just tell you if you get the opportunity, make sure you try that. You know, at least once if you can keep your eyes open. Twice if you can't. So, um, as far as BK goes, you know, my my whole I'll summarize it all like this. We'll see. You know, there's a there's a lot of twists and turns. There's been a lot of stuff. There's you know everybody's got their opinion, and there's all kinds of you know news floats around. There's all kind of people putting out stuff for their own benefits and and things like that. You know, I've, I the only thing I'll tell you is. You know, I feel personally attached to it still. I'm, you know, seven years into it and lots of money invested in it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I've, I've been very public about my intention is to, you know, be back in control of it and square it up and get it into a better place than where it was and it's certainly a better place than where it is. And, uh, and so we'll see. You know, I think we have a, you know... I've also been very public that my fight is with this bank and nobody else, not the people in NASCAR that I have so much respect for that I've been with for so many weekends, for so many years. But my fight is with this union bank, and it was pretty apparent today in the courtroom. I I know Pocris and uh, Dustin Long were both there. They've been following the story, so I don't know what they've written about it. But um, I didn't see I've literally just got back. So I don't I don't know uh, I don't know where all that will shake out, but we're gonna do it again on Thursday, and then we'll see what happens here in the next month or so. So what do you want to ask me? You you ask I thought you asked me to ring in. Yeah, I just wanted you know you had text me, and then uh, you know just just I just wanted to find out what all went on. And uh, while you're in, uh, Ron, if you if you can talking about that uh, hauler stuff, I got one of the best hauler drivers in the NASCAR right here, Mr. Scott Rivas, hauler driver for JD Motorsports. So if you okay. can, uh, just sort of take a minute with uh, with Scott, and I want to let you have a minute with my good friend, Rowdy Maglite. He has a show on our, a sister show on our network, uh, the Rowdy Maglite Racing. But, Brian, thanks for calling in, but I want I want to let you and Scott talk about the hauler stuff. I just want to sit back and listen. <laughs> well, um, go ahead. You can start, and then I'll give you from, you know, my limited uh, hauler experiences. But I have a couple that I'm, you know, that are very special that I'll share with you. You shut your eyes going down Bristol. You own the truck. <laughs> so, for people that have never been down that road, it's, it's a hell of a ride. I mean, uh, it's amazing how much weight those kingpins can handle because that's the only thing all those things from falling over. And, uh, I, I, something is because I know I, I'm telling you, if we weren't on if we weren't on the right side wheels, I don't know what we were doing because I, I I've never felt so sideways, sliding. And they come in. We went in one time in the wet, and uh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that's a handful. That's a handful. I don't know how you guys do it. You know, I I, I had a I did a little to the trucking many, many years ago, and uh, I wouldn't, I, I'd stop and get out at the top, let somebody else take it down that hill, so, <laughs> I guess the other, the other thing I, I'll tell you, and, you know, I, I want to, I, I don't want to, you know, 
uh, overcooked the stew here, but I want you to tell you're the truck driver, but, you know, I have uh, taken the opportunity a couple of times with some, uh, I mean, I know you know Cigar, right? So we got, he was on the road and, and my guys, and we were driving back from uh, Watkins Glen. You know, we got Watkins Glen coming up here and uh, after, after Pocono. And I'll, I'll tell you what's cool is after the race, there's a stretch when you leave the track of about, and you tell me, Scott, how many miles it is or uh, Rowdy, whatever, how, how, many, how far it is, but it, it feels like you're in this back road for, I'll call it an hour. And what the people do along the, the, people do along the route before you get to the highway is they, they make a party out of it. They know when the race ends, and they know approximately when you're coming by. And they come out with their, they put their swimming pools in their front yard with the signs that say, throw your hat here. They're honking their horns at us. They're having, you you can see the party going on for an hour down the road. And you see people parked up on the exits of the, of the overpasses when we go by. And I'll tell you one, one interesting story. I was riding with a guy. He drives for Hendrix now. Yeah. Magic Mike, you all call him in the trucking. And, uh, and I know you know Mike, and so we're driving along, and I'm riding with him, and a guy had taken, there's telephone poles, because you're in the neighborhood, so literally it's a sidewalk, a telephone pole, a curb, and then the road, okay, and a guy had taken a ladder, a pretty tall ladder, he was about window height with his ladder, so it's, what, 10 feet or so, and he, you know, went up the ladder, turned around backwards, he had his checkered hard hat on and a checkered flag and he was waving us through and I'm I'm telling you when he went by if I'd have reached my hand out the window I could have hit him that's how close that's how close he was to the mirrors and to the trucks and he's just having a good old time I mean it was really something to see it, it came out of nowhere it came up on us quick and Mike looks in the mirror and goes we didn't hit him did we I said, no, no. He's still waving his flag you know and he's waving all the truckers uh, through but it's really a, a unique experience uh, I mean I, I've come out of Dover where they have them on the road but nothing like that from Watkins Glen for that long, that far, an hour after the track, and they're still out in crowds, you know, waving you guys down the highway. I think it's really a special thing that, you know, people don't hear about, they don't know about, but it, it's really a sight to see. It shows you how, uh, you know, how many people's lives our sports touches and that they can figure that out and are willing to come out there in the, in the dusk of the night and, uh, and do that. It's really kind of cool. Anyway, so oh, yeah, I took too much air time, but I thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, I got through about I three boxes of hats on that road. Yeah, yeah, we ran out of hat. I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I threw, I had, I had one left on my head at the end. I threw it. I was like, there you go. <laughs> you, <laughs> you want them, you can have them. It's, uh, yeah, you need to stock up your hats as you leave Watkins Glen because they're they're out there, and they're looking for them. So it's it's really it's really fun. Yeah. Leaving Michigan back to Ann Arbor was the same way. People was gathered along the ro- along the roadsides at their house, having a good time, just waving and, like you said, sitting in the pools and dr- dr- they drug their chairs up to the front of the highway and just made a party of people going home. Even once they hit the interstate. Yeah, One I think Michigan uh, compared to Talladega to that. It Is it that way, Talladega? Because I, I leave out Monday morning, so I don't get to witness after the race. I'm just talking about the whole party for the whole weekend. Michigan is crazy. 
not Talladega crazy. It's about a step down, but it's it's, it's crazy in Michigan. Well, you know what I classify Michigan infield is a bunch of northern hillbillies because most of their parents come from Alabama to the automobile industry <laughs> and and they're partying up there. It was crazy. Well, it's like I call Talladega. That's redneck Mardi Gras. <laughs> I love everything. You. Uh... You know, you guys are you know, the only ones that get to see that. That's why I think, you know, not many people realize that that's going on. And I think it's kind of cool that we're getting a chance to tell people about it and you get to see it. And, you know, it's it's really it's really is neat. Well, I'm going to tell you guys, and it's my home track and Tim's home track, but I've been to several NASCAR tracks, and there's no party track like there is Talladega. And what makes it <laughs> such a party track is because you just leave one campsite and go down two or three other campsites and somebody's got a show just as good, if not better, than another show. And you just bounce <laughs> back and forth in the boulevard. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it, but that's a lot of stuff that the drivers and teams don't get to actually participate in. You, you know, I, I will say this about the uh, the campsites down there. We, we go over to... Uh, turn two right when the race first starts they open up a gate and i used to do it with my father years and years ago and you can go right up on the fence until the first caution and uh, and to watch that wall of cars go by is very special um and and so it's a very unique experience in our sport too but what's interesting to me about the talladega people if you go to any of those campsites and, and you know we tend to you know get to see them and hang out and all that because we're there all week. It's fun. Uh, but the stories, the people that have been doing it for so many years that go to the same spot, that have the same, you know, they don't even see each other during the year. They all they all flock back to that one area wherever they happen to be camping. It's really, it's really you know, very unique and very cool to see, uh, you know, to, to see that intro. It, it's, you know, it's a crazy place. I'll tell you, the Talladega infield is a crazy, crazy place. But it, it's fun and and they're having a good time, and like I say, there's a lot of history sitting in there. Well, I camp on the North Park. It's you know, it's the only free camping left in NASCAR is at Talladega. <laughs> They've got three different sections, and you, let yeah. me tell you, over my side's pretty calm, but you go to one corner down there, it's like standing at the corner of Sodom and Gomorrah because you can see everything. <laughs> but you know, you pick your spots. But you know, you talk about. Closeness, it's like a family reunion, and it's better than Christmas, guys. It comes twice a year, and it's spread out <laughs> six months apart, so you have enough time to at least save up for some more beer money. <laughs> I don't know how much beer is consumed in that weekend, but it's a, it's a, it's a number. It's, it's a real number. <laughs> well, I was having fun. I, I was fortunate enough. I have a 1970. One, it has a 327 four-speed. It's not a school bus. It was a traveling orchestra bus, so it's built for the highway, and that's that. That's pretty much been the, my cornerstone over on the North Park. Is that is the bus, and uh, we have a great time. And, and it is a family reunion. You know, we have the we have a different crew, but mostly a basic crew that comes both times of the year. But it kind of changes in the spring and in October. And we have a yeah. great time. It's awesome. 
That's cool. That's very, very cool. All right, what else you got hey, going Ron, on? Ron, this is Tim. Uh, I don't, I don't want to keep you because I know your uh, time is busy, like you said. But uh, I want to thank you again for calling in. I want to thank Rowdy and Scott for getting to actually talk to you. But I got one question before we let you drop out of here. You had Blake Jones in the in the, the number twenty three car this past weekend at uh, at Loudon. Uh, who's your driver going to be this week? Is Blake getting back in the car at uh, Pocono, or do you have anyone else? Uh, JJ's running it in Pocono. I think uh, I don't know if the entry list is out yet or not, but JJ will be back, and I think Blake's back in it in uh, Michigan. And so uh, and we'll see. I'm not sure yet. There's a couple things, a couple moving parts for uh, the Glen, but uh, JJ should pilot it here in uh, Pocono. Stand for Ron. And no, sir. I got you. Is there any plans to bring back the eighty three and ninety three after all this deal gets done with and uh you get everything back in your front pockets and back pockets? Uh, I know you know you own them two numbers also. And uh the way NASCAR has been going, uh we've not have a it looks like we don't really have a 40-car full field every week. Is there any plans on you bringing the 83, 93, or anything back down the road once everything gets back settled? So we actually have four numbers, right? We have the 23, 26, 83, and 93. And uh, But the short answer is no. I think uh, we've focused on a one-car team. Um, I think we're going to develop this uh, the Blake Joneses. Uh, give him some rides, let him get some experience out there, and and I think they're going to stay focused on the one car team. This thing is, uh, you know, still going through a process, and we'll, you know, I'm not going to try to prejudge it or tell you where it's headed. I'm just going to get through the process. I, I know what I want to happen, and uh, you know, I love this sport. Let me tell you that, and I believe in this sport. I think it's uh, it's it's been through a lot of stuff, but it's in a it's in an interesting position right now to be able to be one of the premier sports in this country in the years to come. Um, I think you see NASCAR evolving it, and I want to be a part of it. And so, uh, you know, it's a shame that BK got it in the situation that it is. I made a lot of mistakes along the way. You know, when you're first in the sport, you got to learn it. you got to understand it. You know, I think one of the biggest uh, was my independent-minded thinking, versus having alliances and and stuff like that. I think uh, that's something that I've been rethinking quite a bit and trying to figure out how to bring it back and and bring it out and, and make it a more competitive, you know, better environment all the way around. So we'll see. That's, that's my, my position. You know, you can quote me. We'll see. We'll see how it ends. We'll see how it goes. I don't want to, you know, I would say this, don't listen to all the nonsense and just wait and see what happens. Hey, I will say one other thing about your driver, Ross. Yeah, he's doing a great job. He really is. Yeah, I watch him out there. He, he really is. He's a wheel man. And uh, he's, uh, you know, we've started a lot of careers with Matt DiBenedetto and, you know, Alex Bowman. And, you know, it goes on and on and on for, you know, we had him when they had the yellow stripe. And uh, and I'll tell you what, that guy has got good car control. He's got a good head for the sport. And, uh, you know, he doesn't put himself in bad situations. Uh, he gets a lot out of the cars that he's driving, and uh, you know he's fun to watch. So congratulations, he's a he's a wonderful little driver there. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely not afraid to stick his nose where they don't think it belongs. 
Well, that's that's you know what that's that's part of experience right there. That's that's one of the hardest things. That's one of the hardest things to keep them from driving over their heads, you know, and uh, and and picking their picking their positions. I think he does a real good job of that. I really do. Yeah, he's, he definitely will, man. One of these days, I think a great opportunity is gonna come his way. Not that the, what he's got going now isn't, but uh, I think it's a big future for that kid. Well, you know what? The sport needs talented drivers, and uh, it's always going to need that. And you know, and there's a, there's a whole core of them out there right now that are hungry, that have good. You know, I look at car control, and they have great car control, and they're fast. And like you said, in the right situation, you get the right mix together, and you're going to see some really special things happen. You're already starting to see it. You're already starting to see a lot of the names that have, you know, come in the the, the new names. And you see them being very competitive week in and week out. So, you know, the, Tim, you guys all talk about the, you know, the Fab Three, but I'll tell you, right behind them, there's a whole group of people that are nipping away at them. So. Exactly, Ron. And you talk about the Fab Three. We had uh, Chocolate Myers on last week with uh, Stephen and I, and we spoke about the Fab Three. And I never thought about it till Chocolate mentioned it. Chocolate said, "You know, Tim." And Stephen, he says, you know, back in the day, your your Fab Three was your uh, David Pearsons, your Kel Yarboroughs, your Bobby Allisons that dominated everything. Too. Richard Petty, you know, there's a lot of people that don't really look back on that. And Ron, back in the day, back that's Chocolate's famous thing there. But like Chocolate said, back then they were like Ned Jarrett won the Southern 500 at Darlington. I don't remember what year or but he won it by 14 laps. And some of these some of our fans nowadays, Ron, they're they're complaining about a car being one or two laps down, brother. I don't know what we can do to fix that. I uh, maybe go back to nineteen seventy or something. Well, look, in just my seven years, you know, the field's actually gotten closer. You look at when we go to a short track, you know, everybody's you know, the the whole field's not even a second apart. And, you know, you it's easy to get a lap down. You know, because it's just it's if that leader splits you and the caution comes out and then, you know, you're, you get trapped and, you know, but I think the competition's uh, raising and getting at a higher level. And I also think that we're working on that on, on the track. And, you know, I'm excited to be a part of that. I, I really am. I think there's some things that are coming that are going to make it uh, a much more competitive on the mile and a half and uh, in some of the places where our show isn't what it should be. But I think our short track racing is, you know, is good and terrific, and I think it's good to have, you know, guys that you have to shoot for that, you know, are really are really talented and I hate to say dominating the sport, but they are. I also think Kyle Larson's, and you know, he kind of the the quiet one. You know, they talk about the Fab Three, but man, he he seems like he's right there every week. So he's, I wouldn't be surprised to see him break into it. There's a lot of them. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, these those three for somehow just keep seeing the dominating the, the finishes. I don't know how they're doing it because it, the whole field is so competitive and so close. Uh, they just got that extra little something going on. And, uh, you know, it's good. I think it's good. I think sport's getting there. I do too, Ron. I think the uh, sport is actually probably at it. At its highest peak than it's been in uh, years. And uh, but Ron, before I let you go, I want to thank you for calling in. But uh, Stephen Wilson texted me. He wanted me to ask you a uh, 
Simple question, Steve, because, you know, like I said, Steve's got the bronchitis. He wanted to say, he wanted me to ask you, in an era of social media, how does increased popularity directly or indirectly help both connecting with fans and bringing attention to a team like BK Race? Well, I mean, I think social media is here to stay, and I think that, you know, it's uh, it, it's become one of the fastest-moving trending things that are happening. You watch any TV show, America's Got Talent, or any of the shows, you know, they talk about what's trending. You look at the the president of the United States is tweeting out stuff. I mean, I think social media is here to stay. I do happen to believe that they need to fix it. One of the problems in social media isn't that, you know, you can say whatever you want. You know, Tim, it's your radio show. You should have your opinion and say what you want. Everybody should. But the ability to do it anonymously, in my opinion, hinders the social media. You should not be able to, you know, have the person. You you certainly don't want somebody giving you a hard time only to find out that it's, you know, Scott. You know, and that and, and, and that's just that's just wrong. That's just fundamentally wrong. Take the microphone and say whatever you want. Stand up, but be responsible for who you are and that you're saying it. You should not be able to have fake accounts and, you know, anonymous accounts and all that just for numbers and, and things like that. That's that's just really, really wrong. And so I you know, I'm I'm sixty two years old. <laughs> Social media and me are like, okay, you know, I'm I haven't I've never tweeted. I said my first tweet's going to be in Victory Lane C photo. So as soon as I get there to have something to tweet about, then I'll actually do it. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want it out. But I, I do. I hear about it all the time. I look at it. You know, I, I see some of this stuff. But the, the, there's one fundamental problem to it, and that's this anonymous stuff. That's absurd. And that has to stop. Yeah, there's no, there's no accountability at all on that. No, it's wrong. And, you know, they, it goes all the way to high school with bullying and all kinds. It's just it's just wrong at so many levels. And uh, and I think they'll eventually, you know, the, when it gets it's so bad that, you know, nobody can stand it, then then, some, then something will get done about it. So it's uh, say what you want, but tell me who you are that's saying it. That, that's my only pushback on it. Other than that, I mean, I like it. I think it's cool that people can – you know, log in real quick. I think it's cool the way our drivers interact with their fans on social media. I think that's a big part of it. And I think it's really cool the way NASCAR interacts with the people on it. You know, it's uh, it's it's part of the way, you know, you can keep up with the shows. And, you know, you see a lot of the drivers, PR people, and even their family members tweeting out the stuff going on in the race. So I feel like I had to shut up. I feel like I'm dominating your airwaves here, so... I apologize. No, you. I'm, oh, right. I, I'm oh, tired. Right. If it no, wasn't Ron. for caffeine, no, no. I'd be sound asleep right now. <laughs> Ron, you talk all you want, but again, I want to thank you for taking time to comment. If you can, I want to give uh, I want to give Scott and want to give Rowdy a last last plug if I can before we let you jump out of here. I'll let Rowdy go first. I uh, I appreciate you coming on, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm all for you. If you're going to shout it on social media, you should be a man enough to admit you said it. And that that's the only downfall of social media. But, you know, it, it brings everybody up to speed automatically. But I'm like you, you know, you, you, you need accountability for for what you say. And, listen, I appreciate, hey, the show y'all put on for us. And uh, 
We need to hook up together and let's do the boulevard one weekend with the Dagadoo Club. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) All right, guys. You have a nice rest of your show, and uh, I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. And uh, keep your fingers crossed for us, okay? Amen, Ron. You take care, brother. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. See you, Ron. Bye-bye. Gentlemen, that was Ron Devine, owner of BK Racing. You know, he's went through a lot of uh, tribes and tribulations, as like they say, and all that stuff. But Ron had uh, had a text me. He said, "I'm I'm back." That's the reason that I texted him. I said, "Come on," you know. Uh, I thought he might have had some big, big breaking news, but he did have some breaking news. It's going to go on, so that's a good thing. And uh, and Scott, you you had mentioned, you know, y'all talked about that Hauler deal there at Bristol and wherever everybody goes. And, Scott, let everybody know what what Ron and you and Ron were actually talking about it. When 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 you drive a hauler into Bristol Motor Speedway, it ain't like driving a hauler in Loudon or Talladega. For Talladega here, our interest is gate nine right before you go into turn three. It's right. a little tricky deal, ain't it, bud? Well, if you can imagine going down... Uh... What's the bacon in Bristol? About 30 degrees? It's 33. About the it's the it's 33. We go in the tunnels right after, oh, God. It's right before you go into the turn. I can't remember which way them has got to face the racetrack. Turn three. I bet where it is. Yeah. And you go down, right. and you're looking down. You're not, you're not at 33, but you're probably about 28. And it's, it's, you're looking straight down. You have to kind of hold yourself with the steering wheel to keep from falling and hitting the steering wheel. And you just do your best to creep down the hill and pray that your brakes are working. Because if they're not, you're going to hit the pit wall. And then you make that left-hand turn. That's another thing. If you start that turn late and you got to back up the hill, they're going to have to pull you out. Now, getting in is a lot easier than getting out. I've had to be pulled out several times uh on the way out of the track, if you don't hit it just right, you want to be in about third gear foot on the floor and make the hard right-hand turn to make it up the hill. The problem with my my tractor, mine's a little bit longer than most. It's a little bit stretched out. So when my drive tires hit the crest, my front side tires want to grip and my back ones don't, and I end up stalled. And then they'll hook the tractor to me and pull me out. I bet it. I bet it is something. And Rowdy, you got any last thoughts for Scott Reeves there, Hollow Driver, Jody Motorsport, before we let him before we let him jump out of here? Well, according to Ron, don't don't be mad at me if I ask you to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't closing my eyes. I'm hanging on, and I'm gonna watch all the way. Oh, hey, Scott, it's, it's definitely fun. It, man. Yeah, I, you know, when when he said you was coming out, I, I wanted to. Your opinion of of that? Hey, is it? What's the count? I know there's been one that didn't make it out. They actually had to pull it out. It broke apart, and that right? Do I know? A tractor trailer broke apart where they couldn't get it out. They had to tear it apart and tow it out, trying to get Ooh. it out of the coliseum. what was that? I. I just watched some kind of documentary on it, and they were showing, and I believe there's one that didn't make it out of, of all the time. But I've heard that one. I'm I've heard different to stories. I've, I mean, different. I've heard Robbie Gordon's 
was back in the 90s. Robbie Gordon's hauler driver didn't check his load, got to the racetrack, and the backup car was in the lounge. And uh, he kindly left his keys on the tires and found him a flight home because he knew he wasn't getting paid the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bad day. <laughs> well, uh, Thank you, Scott. And Scott, and Scott, this is Tim back over yep. up. Uh, just wanted to tell you thank you very much for coming on tonight. Uh, undoubtedly, Garrett must have had something come up, but uh, y'all are going to be an hour. Uh, are you at hour yet, or when are you, or when are you heading out, brother? Uh, probably leaving out Thursday morning. And how far well, drive is that for you, man? About twelve and a half hours. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not near as bad as New Hampshire. So that drive about killed me. And uh, fortunately, they let me take yesterday off. And I don't think from the time I got home, ate some dinner, and then my one of my other driver te- other teams uh, had broke down up in Whiffle, Virginia. So I stayed up with him and thinking I may have to go pick him up. And we got him situated. And he got back on the road about one thirty. So I went to bed about one thirty that morning. I think I got out of bed this morning at six thirty. So I stayed in bed about thirty six hours. Golly. And Scott, you know, we've had you on multiple times before, but just I know Rowdy knows and I know and Suzanne know, but sort of let some of our listeners know this this hauler driver deal, it's not nothing about just driving a uh a class A C D L truck to a racetrack with a couple of cars in it. You have a lot more to do than what some of our outside, uh, what have you, some of the outside stuff that, I'm trying to think of the words, Scott, but it, anyway, the people don't see the behind the scenes. That's probably what I'm looking for, the behind the scenes stuff that they don't get to see what y'all do, uh, Scott. So yeah. can you let everybody know exactly what's going on besides these long drives that y'all do? And it, it, it takes a lot of time, brother, and I know it's a, it's so hard and so tiring, but just so let everybody know about that, please. What we do, once we get to the racetrack, we'll get staged up and we'll go in. And if anybody follows my Facebook page, I'm usually Facebook live on the entry, and I didn't two weeks ago, so my phone was tripping. Then, I, then you told me I had no music playing on this one, and I'm like, well, I sure do, because I cranked it up, and I don't know what happened this week. But um, once I sign off, I'm... We open the way everybody get parked, open the doors, we unload the trucks. Not the trucks, I'm not wrong series. We uh unload the bottoms of the trailers, get all the toolboxes set up for the guys, then we unload the cars, which is was new to me this year because I took last year off, so uh, I wouldn't know where we were moving cars. So with me and my two other brothers, we moved four cars. And uh once we get that all set up, guys will come in, we'll be running fuel, um taking care of the radios, taking care of my times we'll have to cook. Um, anything and everything the team needs, they come to us because we know where it's at. Um, if we don't have it, we use favors that we've gained up in the garage to get it. Uh, like this weekend, we had some bad luck with one of our uh, our rear, well, our, rear our tail pieces that we had to fix before they ever even got through the first inspection. So that took up that one piece that we had with us. And then Ross spun and, and hit the wall in practice. So now I'm looking for another rear end and another uh, rear quarter panel. So I'm using favors with some good buddies of mine over at Junior Motorsports. Gave us the parts. 
it, it's really amazing the brotherhood, not only the just the crew members, but especially the truck drivers, because we tend to take care of ourselves. And uh, no matter how big your team is, or how matter how small your team is, everybody, at least all the truck drivers, I can't speak for mechanics and everybody else, but we're always looking to help each other. And like I gotta give Junior a big shout out because they gave us the piece. I mean, we were totally willing to pay for it, but they gave it to us. And um, you know that speaks to their management and everything else, and stuff like that goes a long way with us. Exactly, Scott. And you know. Like you just mentioned, everything, brotherhood, everybody helps everybody out there. And if the tables were turned, I'm sure you and your whole team would have done the same thing, too. Oh, we've done it. I mean, there have been times where we've had stuff. It's, it's, it's always some. everybody's needed something. There might be some obscure part that you wouldn't even have thought of. We might have it, you know. If I can help you out, I'll help you out. Everything's fair game of helping you out until the green flag falls. Well, if the green flag hey, falls, it's pretty much everybody's on their own. You get that uh, right. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like the bump and run or the bump and dump. But anyway, Scott, we're coming up here. Uh, you ain't got too long left on the show. Uh, but I want to thank you again for calling in. If you want to thank anybody that has helped you get to where you're at right now, which I know you probably didn't really need no help because you're one hell of a damn hauler driver. And, uh, but just uh, just sort of let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media. And, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned, I try to watch your Facebook Live every week. And uh, everybody, uh, go to Scott, Scott Reavers, uh on uh, Facebook. Uh, he has a drive-in video and he plays music and you talking about gets you pumped up for the race weekend there for J.D. Motorsports. But anyway, Scott, go ahead and let everybody know where they can follow that at and uh, we'll let you jump out of here, brother. Right on. Uh, Facebook, that's just Scott Revis, R-E-A-V-I-S. Um, there's a couple of them, but if you see me, I'm wearing glasses and a t-shirt at the racetrack, so you can't really miss it. Twitter, I'm at srevis 517 um, other than that, I really don't do a lot of Twitter. Most of my stuff's on Facebook. I'm trying to get a hold of that. Seems Twitter just seems to be a better avenue these days. But um, you know, thank you guys for having us on for promoting who we are. Just like little guys, we enjoy all the spotlight we can get. And uh, it's people like you to help us get our brand out there, and that's what makes our you know our world go around. Thank you very much, Scott. Have a safe trip out there to Iowa, and uh, we'll get you back on whenever you want to come back on, brother. You're welcome to come back on anytime you want to, my friend. All right, my brother. I'll, I'll, I'll get with Garrett and see if we can get that thing rescheduled. Like I said, I knew he got in the message. I, I didn't know he got it so late, so I don't know. I don't have his phone number, but I see he, I haven't seen him in the uh, shop this week either. He may be out of town. But, uh, we'll That's get him on right, here for you. Brother. That's all right, brother. Like, again, you know, the drivers, they have stuff they got to do, you know, and you have to schedule they PR do. stuff. But, it, yeah. but again, Scott, thank you very much. Be safe going out to Iowa this weekend, and we will talk to you on the flip side, brother. Thanks again, my friend. Bye, Tim. Y'all take care. Thank you. See you. All right, right of that was Scott Rivas there, driver of the hauler for J.D. Motorsports, Ross Chastain. Uh I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Ron Devine calling in there. I knew he had some big, de- 
some big deal information. But uh, Randy, before I before we jump out of here, I want to give the uh, Stephen normally does this. So if I screw this up, y'all can blame it on me. Stephen Wilson normally does the TV schedule and everything. <laughs> but for our Speedway, the schedule events, Friday, July the 27th, uh, K&M Pro Series first practice is at 3 to 4 p.m. There's no TV there. Xfinity Series practice, 5.05 to 5.55 p.m. NBCSN has your TV coverage. K&M Pro Series qualifying at 6 p.m. No TV or radio. Xfinity Series Final Practice, 6.35 p.m., 7.25 p.m., NBCSN. The K&M Pro Series Casey General Store, 150, is at 8.30 p.m. I'm sure there's going to be a maybe a tape delay there, right? But the Xfinity Series uh, qualifying 3.05, uh, Saturday, July 28th, NBCSN has your TV, your radio is MRN, and go on, let me go Say Stephen does does this a lot much better. He needs to get his sick butt back. All right, let's go to Pocono. You know how it is, Ruddy. Go to Pocono. Friday, July twenty seventh, Arca final pra- Arca final practice. Here we go. Your side of it is at nine a.m. to ten thirty a.m. And the Kemper World Truck Series first practice is twelve p.m. twelve fifty five p.m. Arca qualifying is going to be at one p.m. Camper World Truck Series Final Practice, 2 p.m. to 2.55 p.m. Arca Mod Space 150 is Friday at 4 p.m. I'm uh, assuming that's Eastern Time with FS1. That's going to be your deal there. But. And then Saturday, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series First Practice is at 9 a.m. to 9.50 a.m. MRN has your radio. CNBC, now y'all got to pay attention. This, this stuff is jumping back and forth. CNBC has your TV Camper World Truck Series qualifying is at 10 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. See, that's where, I mean, you know, it gets all confusing. I understand where some of these folks, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, don't really want to go there. Yeah, jumping channels, just like you said, Rowdy. And the Monster Energy Cup Series final practice Saturday, July 28th is 11.40 a.m. 12.30 p.m. MRN has your radio, CNBC has your TV coverage. And then the uh, Camper World Truck Series. Gander Outdoors 150 is at 1 p.m. Saturday, July 28th. MRN has your radio. Fox Sports 1 has your TV. And then after that, Monster Energy Cup Series qualifying 4 p.m. MRN has your radio. NBCSN has your TV. And then Sunday, July 29th, uh, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Gander Outdoors 400 is at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. MRN has your radio and NBCSN has your TV. Rowdy, I want to thank you very much for coming on and filling in for Stephen Wilson. Is there any last thoughts you would like to get out there before we jump out of here, bro? Hey, if you don't get to watch watch it on TV, go to your local track and get fired up there and it's you know, let's support our local tracks too, Tim. Yeah. Hey, man, Rowdy, and uh, local track here, you know, Talladega, uh, the uh, dirt track here, they put on a big, big, big deal every weekend. They have carts on Friday night. The uh, super late models, crate late models. I mean, there's all kind of stuff going on here, also, Rowdy. You have been here. I've been here. We've seen a lot of good racings. It's yes, the sir. short track. 
Rita Donahue, Mike Donahue, they put on one hell of a show. So come out and check out Tuddy's Short Track. It is a good deal too, brother. Ready? Let everybody know if they can follow you on social media, your website, and who do you have coming up Monday night on your radio show, uh, ReadyMagLight.com. Uh, you can follow me on the, the Rowdy Maglite request page, or I have the Rowdy Maglite uh, racing radio like page and the Rowdy Maglite show, and then RowdyMaglite.com. And I'm uh, Rowdy Maglite one on Twitter. But uh, Monday night, we you know we try to follow up with a winner uh, from the you know, Pocono race. Hopefully, we'll have him in winner's circle. But uh, I think we're, our uh, 7:45 guest is going to be Brad Smith. With uh, James, you know, which was a former James Hilton Motorsports. So, that's right. You can jump on there and follow and find the link to the show on, on my page, and that's every Monday night. Damn, you know, we're, we're six o'clock East, uh, Central Time every Monday night. Amen, brother. Y'all check out Rowdy Maglite on the Speedway Digest Radio Network dot com on Mondays and we're Tuesdays. We got Adam Sinclair on Thursdays and uh just everybody just call in, you know, listen, whatever you want to do. But Rowdy, thanks again for filling in for Stephen tonight and uh I'm gonna let you go. And uh we're gonna say good night from Talladega, Alabama. Uh I'm Timmy Spain alongside our Rowdy Maglite. The way the crow flies, about eight miles south of the 2.66-mile monster we call Tyler Superfield Speedway. We will talk to you next Tuesday evening. See you.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.